I speak for the fans in a lot of ways. I know how they feel. They're great. They're loyal. They want to bang for their buck. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 51 of the Large Cast. On this episode, we have co-host TJ Dollywall and Sad Oberoi, joined by me, Galoo the producer, and Large Cast contributor Ryan Cattermole. We'll be discussing one thing and one thing only, Oli Yolevi. Let's Hold go! Up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 51 of the Large Cast. My name is Tej Dollywall, and I'm here with my co-host, Sad Obroy, producer Gulunanda, and returning Large Caster, Ryan Cattermole. How you doing, Ryan? Good to have you back. Thanks for having me. Before we get into the great Yolevi debate, we just wanted to make a, a brief comment uh, statement on the recent Andrew Walker-Daniel uh, Carcello incident. We just want to say Daniel is a victim of hockey abuse, and we shouldn't victim shame any victims. It's important to hear his living experience and to give all victims a platform and voice to do so. I'm glad Andrew Walker apologized and realized that his original statement was in bad taste and wrong. Victim shaming is not gonna end today. The best case scenario is the people who are suffering feel like they can speak up, and also the people who engage in victim shaming learn now that it's wrong. We want to live in a society where people feel comfortable speaking about their experiences. Any other thoughts you want to add to that or should we move forward, guys? Yeah, man, I think that we live in a place right now that's really interesting, man. And, uh, you know, hockey has been put on this pedestal in this country where it's like so important, you know, it's important to being a Canadian. It's as important to being, you know, having this experience. But that narrative of it being this great sport, you know, it's not true, man. And when the more people who speak out and tell us what their stories are, what you know, their experiences are, how it's affected their life negatively, the better understanding we'll have of how we can fix the sport, right? Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 yeah, like you have a daughter, man. Don't you want her to feel comfortable playing hockey, right? I, I, I'm going to have kids one day, right? I don't want those kids. I don't want my kids going into an environment where people will do some of the things that, you know, uh, Daniel Priscilla is talking about. That's disgusting behavior, man. And uh, I think that... Uh, I hope at least that with this coming out and people speaking about it uh, seriously, it leads to, you know, a better sport. I mean, that's what we love, yeah. right? We love this game, right? Well, you know so. what? I mean, um, the way I think about it, like, you know, people have experiences and, and um, we, we don't know how, how they feel in those situations or how it affects them going forward. Right. And it's important to realize that what you have, you know, personal feelings about a person don't actually matter. You know, it, the, the traumas they faced in their life and, and uh, what's happened to them in, in various situations uh, has nothing to do with the type of person they are or personality that you may or may not agree with, right? So it's important to separate the personality of the person from their experiences. Mm -hmm. I also think uh, growing up, we all played sports. I know I sure did, but uh, uh, we've all seen it in locker rooms. We've all experienced it before, even at the little level of whatever we played sports. So to act like it doesn't exist is, is a bit ridiculous at this point. It's glad that people are speaking up and it's a good thing overall. You know, I'm, I, I, I do a lot of work in the Punjabi market. I grew up in that neighborhood and, you know, historically, as long as I've lived there, it's been a, an ethnic enclave for people like myself, Punjabi descent, right? There's only been a, you know, growing up in a space like that, you're a little lucky, uh, especially yeah. living in a Western country because you're not as exposed to racism as some people would be because you're living in like a parallel network, right? 
the few times that I've experienced racism in my life that I remember, one is when it's dealing with the police. The second time was playing hockey. Yeah. Yeah. And sports right? is where I, I have dealt with it the most. Um, I uh, was responding to uh, somebody's tweet about when I first experienced racism. And it was when I was playing baseball. I was the age of 10. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a really good pitcher. And uh, my mom was the president of the league. And she made a mistake of, of transferring me to a team that, you know, using her presidential powers to, to a better coach's team. And she thought I would get a better experience with that coach. And also, he went to jail. But what happened was the only brown person on the team or person of color on the team, uh, non-white person of color, um, I think the term is like non-white appearing person of color, sorry. Um, yeah, I ended up only going in to pitch cold. He never gave me any warning. Everybody else would get days notice, even a week's, week's notice that, hey, you're going to pitch this game, you're going to pitch that game. I never knew. And I didn't speak up to my mom because I didn't think I had to. And uh, I'm 10 years old. I didn't think any better. I'm playing baseball. I'm having fun. Ended up developing tendonitis in my shoulder, and I still deal with it to this day. Didn't know any better at that time. Grew up later and realized what happened. And it's eye-opening, you know. It's an experience that exists here in Canada. exists all over the world. And the more we can talk about it openly and, and you know, discuss these issues, the, the better we are as a society going to move forward. So that's the most important message, I think. And uh, I think we've covered that topic here. We didn't really want to talk too much about that. Our focus today is the great Yolevi debate. Um, I'm going to let you guys go first because I'm going to save my little spiel. Um, Ryan, I know you are on the anti position for Yolevi here. And uh, Gulu and Sad, I don't know where your positions exactly lie. Well, if you're using anti or pro, what's the anti debate? What's the pro debate, right? Are you saying that Yolevi is going to be a player or he's not going to be a player? I mean, I'm on the side that develops in the right way, whether that means he's going to play, you know, a game in, in these so-called playoffs, or if, if that means he's going to play in the NHL next year. At the end of the day, um, he's not 35 years old. He's 22 years old. He has not developed the way, you know, a top top 10 or top five pick is, is uh, typically supposed to develop, right? Um, so I'm not going to sit here and, and have these rose colored glasses and say he's going to be a number one defenseman, you know, score 50 points in the league and, be the, the middleman. I'm going to call you that. No, no, it's not the middleman though. Like <laughs> it's, it's not even the middleman. It, it, at this point, the expectations have changed, okay. right? So if you still think he's a fifth overall pick, then I'm sorry, you're wrong. He's not, mm-hmm. right? He's and it, if you if you had to do the draft again, nobody's going to pick him there. Uh, that's that's like obvious, I, right? I see Ryan struggling a bit. I think you're stealing some of his points. So before no, 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 no it's good. No, no, I no, it's good. We're good. Before yeah, you say too much, Gulu, real quick, where is your position on Yolevi? So we've had a player like this in the past, and we've seen the story play out. Okay, his name is Jake Bertanen. Taken high, right? He made it into the NHL really quickly. Sure, he doesn't have the same injury history, but he's always been plagued by, you know, certain issues around his fitness, okay, and his ability to play, his ability to think on his feet, right? They have their own respective development curves. Mm -hmm. But this year we saw Jake Bertanen turn into a legitimate NHL player, okay? I'm not of the opinion that you have to hit a home run relative to every pick. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you're drafting, if you're picking at sixth and you do it four or five times or three times, you don't have to hit a home run every single time because that's impossible. You're going to make mistakes, right? What I believe is that you want the player to at least become an NHL player. And do I think Oli Olavi can become an NHL player? 
Sure, the probability of it happening is lower than it was when he was selected, but I still think that he has the fundamentals in place to play in the NHL. That's a good, good opening statement. We'll get back to you. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm going to open the floor to Ryan Cattermall. And I'm so, going to counter. So, Ryan, you, you got a little... I'm, I'm ready for the counter here. So, here's the thing. I, I think when you guys were talking about comparable players, I think there's somebody else who fits the bill way better, and I think it's Sammy Sallow. Um, everybody loved him as a Canuck fantastic player had great instincts on the ice uh he just was always injury prone and at this point at his very very young career the injuries we're talking about here are no little things it's not like he's you know pulled a muscle in his forearm or anything like that we're talking back hip knee injuries that's difficult stuff to recover from and unfortunately he wasn't the fastest skater to start out with so i just worry that with the injuries he's already got if he becomes a chaser and moves up to the nhl the more you chase, the more you're behind the play, the more you're going to be prone to be in situations where you can get mm -hmm. injured. I just feel like sometimes he's a ticking time bomb. But that being said, I think he still has his place on the Canucks. I just don't know that it's going to be anywhere near where we thought he was. Maybe maybe a second pairing at best is, is what we might expect from him, but, but realistically, maybe third. Okay. So I'm going to give off my next Ted, Tej talk here, boys. And I'm going to mute. Yeah, hit the mute. <laughs> your face kind of is distracting. You can leave a little bit, actually. Come back in about two minutes. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, you know, before I do, I got to give a talk here, boys. So here we go. Oh, my. All right. Number two. Before you start, I think you got to turn the, the light in your head off. Oh, yeah? It's uh, eternal, eternal light that never dies. Go. So, Sorry, go ahead. Here we go. 25 rookie defensemen played 20 or more games this past year. 16 of them were age 22 or older as rookies. Nearly half of those 16 were 23 and older. Guys like Adam Fox, Philip Myers, Ethan Bear, Carson Soucy, etc. Ole Levy turned 22 this past May. He will be 22 to start the upcoming season. And some people, people are really prepared to write him off already at age 22? We cannot change the past. Everybody and their grandmother wanted Matthew Kachuk in 2016, except maybe Benning's grandma. Witnessing Matthew Kachuk develop into the power forward beast that he is today, it can be depressing, if you choose to continue looking at that picture. For me, the picture has changed. We cannot go back and rewrite history. The past is the past. We can only look to the future and look at what we have right now. Right now, we have a very good prospect in our system but one who has dealt with unfortunate injuries to start his pro career. And ACL injuries are extremely tough. They typically take at least at minimum 12 months to recover from, and even in what's deemed a full recovery, there can be a wide array of lingering issues. Yolevi has already experienced many of these, including knee soreness we first noticed at the Canucks training camp this past summer. As a result of lingering issues, his skating really took a toll to start the year in Utica. Even though he was one of the better defenders at controlling shot share relative to Utica's overall shot share underlying numbers in the first quarter of the season. Then he suffered a minor hip injury, which forced him out of the lineup for a month. That was a blessing in disguise because when he was returning to the lineup after a month, he was able to rest his knee and he demonstrated a stronger ability to push off that right knee, much stronger pivoting and transitioning up the ice. Couple that with the lengthy layoff now due to COVID-19 pandemic, he has been able to rest his knee and work feverishly on strength and conditioning, something he couldn't do as much as something he couldn't do as much uh, during last year's summer, uh, last year's off season. 
Strength and conditioning is vital to increase the strength around surrounding knee ligaments, tendons, and muscles to support the knee. What we all need to know, though, is where is he at right now? Age 22. This is finally shaping up to be the year we will truly witness what Olya Levy can do. All tracking measures previously applied were based on an incomplete picture. His ability to push off his right knee wasn't there, though it became strong in the second half. It was never close to 100%. Now his agent Marcus Leto told Rick Dollywall that Olya Levy is 100% healthy. Now we all know Rick has the ear of NHL agents, but this isn't a contract negotiation. Rick has no need to exacerbate the truth. And if that is true, we will finally find out the truth about Olu Levy. The bottom line for me, I am not prepared to write this kid off. There are no comparables to what he's been through, not a single one. Olu Levy is already a defenseman that showcased extremely great penalty killing ability in Utica, in particular, shot blocking and lane blocking instincts. Joe Roberts, the play by play guy for Utica, called him a valuable penalty killing asset. Why is that important? Because if Ulevi is to play for the Canucks, he's going to slot in on the third pair behind Edler and Hughes and have a large penalty-killing role. Joe Roberts also noticed an improvement in every aspect of Ulevi's game as the season went on. And he was never close to 100%. NHL scouts stated already that he has a sharp hockey IQ, especially defensively, and he has a great playmaking ability on offense, in particular, the ability to make excellent, and I mean excellent, stretch passes. His transition game was hindered by the knee injury, and that is the one area I am most eager to see improve this year. Because if he is 100%, or even close to 100% healthy, that should be a massive improvement. So count me as someone who's still excited about his future. Because when you look at the complete picture, he's only just begun. Sorry, you fell asleep during that, what'd you say? <laughs> it's okay, Sat. I don't expect you to listen anyways. <laughs> No, you gotta get that's you gotta it, boys. No, tell good. me, I mean, tell me, I'm wrong. I mean, come on, guys. There's a lot to look up for for you. Well, you're not wrong. He's 22, but he's got the body of a 30, 40 year old right now with what he's oh, been he through already. About a 22 year old, <laughs> much quicker. Hey, take, 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 take your glasses off first of all. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Tech yeah, talks yeah, yeah, over. Yeah. Tech talks over. Yeah. So you notice my background's blue, right? Because again, the sky is always blue in, in your world. <laughs> Um, I gotta say but, that does not look like a typical blue man. That's like yeah, amazing. it's pretty black. No. Yeah, like when, when you have blue sky, you blue see the right stars. There. When you have blue blue sky, you see the stars. That's what happens, right? But anyways, um, you made a lot of good points, though. Like I, I definitely agree with things like you know the, the hockey IQ is there, and that's what's gonna help him go forward. You know, um, I think just again I mentioned before, but his body's beat. He's not gonna be a number one defenseman. Um, we don't need him to be number one defenseman anymore. Oh, we we're lucky. We're, the Canucks are lucky that he doesn't need to be the number one, right? So if he can slot in as the, the third left uh, defenseman, they go to the second left defenseman, that's fine, right? That's okay. That's good right now. Uh, Edler's only here for another season after this. So then, you know, that, that makes sense. There's going to be a spot there. So, um, you know, it's hopeful to say that he's going to be in that position. Um, but at the same time, there's not really someone ahead of him in the Canucks organization that's signed right now so yeah, Rathbone hasn't so, signed yet right so that's that's what I mean yeah. he's not signed yet but as as the moment Rathbone signs he's ahead of you love you right there right? so Agreed. that's gonna be tough the thing about his injuries guys I mean you got to realize you know yeah they exist and yeah it's tough ACL they're tough but 
he's he's had enough time and more time than athletes typically get because of COVID and, and the pandemic. He's had enough time to really heal. And, and he's been working on strength and conditioning, which is so important for the knee injuries like ACL or MCL or LCL or meniscus. You need to build the strength and the conditioning around that injury to support that injury. And he's had that time to do it. That's a huge point, boys. Like that's, that doesn't make him a 30. Yeah, but what, let me, what let me ask happens? you this. Let me ask you this though, okay? Is Ole Ulevi's issue that he's injury prone or is his issue he's not an NHL player based off of his fundamentals or based off of his hockey IQ or based off of his ability. That's, that's, I don't, cause, because right now we're so focused on discussing his injury history that, you know, when it comes down to it, is he a good enough player to play in the NHL? That's what we really want to know. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's probably like above average in, in a lot of different areas, but he doesn't have that one area where he, where he stands out and that could make up for his shortcomings. Right. So he's not going to have that sexy body of work. Like Quinn Hughes, offensively, is amazing. And defensively, he's, he's done well, right? But if he wasn't good defensively, would we care, honestly? We wouldn't. We'd be like, put, put him with someone like Tanev, like he's playing with, and, and then let's just let him roll. You, Levy, what are you going to do with him, right? You're going to put him with a guy like Jamie Benn or, or well, someone else like, I don't know, Tyler Myers, and what's going to happen? Ben. Sorry, yeah. Jordy Benn. Sorry, Jordy Benn, yeah. Well, I like Jamie Benn on the team, yeah, but know what I mean? Like, you're going to put him with a guy like Tyler Myers, and what's going to happen? Go ahead, Ryan. What were you going to say? The thing is, uh, TG, you mentioned scouts talking about his hockey IQ, and, and I've heard some talk the contrary as well, too. I think he really, really struggles in odd man rust situations and even one-on-one -on -one situations. He puts himself in situations where he tends to screen his goaltender from time to time, and I feel like uh, he can see, not consistently, but more than you would like at this stage, he doesn't make the right read on an odd man rush situation. Um, and I don't like his tendency to, to need that extra second. And I know the argument with the extra second will be that he's taking time and he makes the right play. And when he does that, it pays off. But sometimes he takes that extra second and he's making a backhand pass across the zone through traffic. And that yeah. to me is just not a and, recipe for success. And that, you know, I, I, I've heard the sentiment about the, the extra second that he needs to make a pass sometimes. Yeah, you don't get that time in the NHL. Yeah, that is a very concerning area of, of Yolevi's, you know, development. But we got to remember, he hasn't had a full healthy season under his belt. And if his knee is finally healthy, this is the year that he's going to have that. <coughs> having, yeah, but having, his knee might having, be healthy. Hold on, hold on. Having like a healthy body allows you to do things at the, at, the, at the pro level that you typically can't do when you're not healthy. You know, one-on-one, -on -one, you're talking about two-on-one. That involves a lot of pivoting and transitioning and movement with the body, you know, flexibility. And if you don't have a healthy knee or you can't push off one knee, you're not going to get that. And you're going to get beat. You know, for the longest time, we heard he, he can't pivot left because he was playing basically he's still injured. And you call him Zoolander. When you're recovering, you, you're not 100% <laughs> until you're 100%. He may be 100% now or, or really close to it. There's always an asterisk with ACL injuries or knee injuries. But he's close to it now. And so – a lot of what we know is based on the, the Yulevi, like B, you know, it's not the Yulevi A that we all hope that he can become and hope to see. So you got to remember that too. Yeah. At the same time though, like what always happens to every, you know, every team has, has multiple players. If there's a long layoff, like in training camp that, you know, that you can, you always hear stories. This guy worked on his skating and his conditioning over the summer. You come to training camp, first thing they blow their groin, right? Because it's not <laughs> the same thing. So he might be, his knee might be fine. 
But who's to say he's not going to have some sort of nagging groin injury now? Because he hasn't actually played that much in the last year, right? Yeah. That happens not to everybody's all these players. What's not that? everybody's – I say not yeah. everybody's Bo Horvat. Remember the knock on Bo Horvat first year in the league. He's too slow. He doesn't have the foot speed. Yeah. He went out. He put the time in. And, and I, I get what you're saying. Ulevi hasn't had the time to do that. But not everybody's going to have that capacity. What Bo Horvat did was special. Like being able to just completely turn around that aspect of your game is very much a high, high-end player thing to do. And I'm just not sure that even before all the injuries that Ulevi had the same commitment to fitness to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've been I, quiet for a bit. You got any final thoughts or uh, anything to add here? No, I think we covered all the bases. You know, my my the main thing I wanted to get at was that you know is the conversation with Yulevi his 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 injury history is holding him back, or is the main issue with Yulevi that he's just not a good enough player to make the NHL? I feel that you know he does have areas he can work on, but he's a strong player. Right, you don't go fifth overall for no reason. You know there was something that you saw in him early on in his career, and that was his hockey IQ. Sure, it hasn't caught up, but is that a function of him not having the time to be able to adjust physically to the AHL, or is it a function of his own hockey ability? Do you understand what I'm saying? No, so, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's really hampered him in the in the in the past few months? That's what I want to get at, and I think that we'll be able to see that going forward as long as he's able to play, and we'll have a better understanding of what his ultimate role is on this well, team. Let's not forget, though. I mean, even though he's played about like like less than fifty percent of the the total potential games he could have played, yeah, thirty eight points in sixty three games, which is that's, impressive, man. Yeah, good reduction at the HL going through you know the injuries that he did, and you know not being one hundred percent. So he's yeah. been able to. And that's key. He power play yes. quarterback, second unit, effectively, yeah. you know, five primary uh, power play points tied with Brogan Rafferty. And Rafferty was playing on power play one. Rafferty had more, you know, secondary assists. But still, that's, that's good production. Mm-hmm. That's part of the frustration, though, right? Is like he shows, he shows these spurts in different areas, and yet he just cannot stay healthy. And going back to what we were talking about before, Sammy Sallow, right? I mean, that's a knock-in power play. Like, the booming shot and then he takes the shot and blows his back by taking the shot like what the hell is that right i mean and he's he's a first round top five pick the moment we sign rathbone he's like third or fourth like defensive prospect up he's not the first well, he's let not me ask second. you who you put ahead of him then so rathbone and rafferty yeah, Rathbone, Rafferty, and Jet Wu's probably right there too. Like he's not that far behind him. He's not. He's yeah, not, I mean, not there, there's argument it's there. Toss up. But I mean, it, it's right versus left again, right? You come, mm-hmm. you come into that, and what are you gonna do? Like, if you need someone with grit, you're not gonna go for you. Levy. You're probably gonna call up Jet Wu because mm-hmm. he's he's a mean guy, right? You know, thankfully the story still has to be written. Okay, yeah. just because he's fourth on the depth <clears throat> list now or the depth chart now doesn't mean it's where he's gonna be forever. It's mm-hmm. up to Olio Levy to come into training camp next season and be ready for the NHL. Well, even, even this, you know, if they return to play here, they got a yeah. period. We're going to see, you know, where he's at because he's amongst his peers and the peers that he wants to be amongst. And, you know, if he's, real, if he's relatively healthy or if he's 100% healthy, we're going to see right off the bat where his skating, where his conditioning, where his, you know, ability is. And mm-hmm. that's key. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts, Brian? I was just going to say, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm trying to separate the man from the player. And I think he's a great kid. And I think that he's going to be a factor for the Canucks. And if you think that teams are going to ramp up in the playoffs and there's not going to be injuries, 
I, I think you're right. He's going to get his shot, and, and I really hope he steps up to the plate. I just have so many nagging concerns that I worry, um, you know, I don't want him to be one of those players who at the age of 24 can barely walk, you know, or mm-hmm. ending up like Ed Jovanovsky or Matias Olin who have no yeah. knees left and quality of life is not there. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if he's healthy, I think he can be successful. I just want to make sure he doesn't push too hard uh, on those injuries. Uh, I mean, that's a good point. My, my final thought here is a good point that we might see him in the playoffs here, but that's, that doesn't give me any solace because if, if, we're, if your levy's playing, that means two of Edler, Hughes, yeah. Ben, and Fattenberg are, are not, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's a bigger problem. I'd rather that's, that's not really him play. That's a good point there, yeah. Yeah, good point. So, I mean, if I'm going to give any final thoughts, I've kind of said everything I wanted to say, but one thing I'll, I'll, I'll rehash again is his role – for us is no longer top pair potential. That's not where we need him to be. And Gulu harped on that already a little bit. We just need him to be a well-rounded NHL defenseman who can play third pair minutes and maybe step up into that second you know, line when Edler, maybe he doesn't resign and, or he moves on or whatever it is, but that's it. That's his new ceiling. We can no longer look at him as that fifth round pick. It happened, but like Gulu said, not every pick needs to be that superstar in that first round. If three out of five picks become NHL players, you're winning. It's a success. You obviously want to hit the home runs, but we got Hughes. You know, that's the that's a out of the park home run. You know, that's into yeah. the next baseball park. So like, let's I mean, put things uh, into argument, Yeah, arguments could be made that both PD and Hughes were, should have went first overall in the draft. Man. Yeah, they, yeah, they're the best Great players point. in the draft, and we all know that. So just the yeah. final thought I'm going to say is I think Oli Levy will be a regular defenseman for the Canucks and he'll slot in on that third pair to start maybe as soon as next season, maybe not the beginning, but at some point next season, we're going to see it. We saw the same thing this season, man. I hope you're right. I hope you're right too. I hope I'm right too. Let me check. Wait, let me check. Sky is blue boys. It's going to (laughs) happen. That's it for the large cast. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at large cast. And uh, make sure you guys subscribe to YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to us. Have a good night.